Kilikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright, the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night. Melikilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Hello and welcome to episode 174 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Bryson and Jacob. And I think we've officially reached the point where we have nothing to talk about. We were kind of at it last week when we spoke, but this week we are truly there. Um, nothing has happened in terms of the lockout. We heard that um, both the players side and the league side don't expect to talk to each other until really January and they haven't communicated anything yet. And of course, on the Blue Jays side of things, we don't have any news as a regards to that. But Jacob, Bryson, how are you guys? Doing good. We're almost we're close, to, very close to Christmas. This is our last episode until Christmas. So other than that, there's really, yeah, there's just nothing going on. So that's okay. We will make do with today, and uh, we will find stuff to talk about. Jacob, how are you? I was doing well until the NHL and the NBA got absolutely ripped with COVID cases, but you know what? That's okay. We can at least go through at least some baseball news or at least rumors, and at the end of the day, this is still an off season right before what's looking to be a very good season for the Blue Jays, so as, as much as we can milk excitement out of us, I think it's... Uh, uh, something we we can at least enjoy yeah and if we can take one thing one positive from all of this it's the fact that there's no baseball going on right now there's no blue jay games that are being canceled despite everything that's happening in the world right now but um in the face of not having anything happening on a baseball side of things we put out a call for a mailbag episode and some questions that our listeners had in addition to a would you rather prompt so we're going to go through some of those that we got from our listeners and answer them and debate them and pick which side we're on. So the first one I have is from Jesse Skinner. He asked, would you rather, and we've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but would you rather sign Freddie Freeman and move Vladimir Guerrero Jr. back to third base or trade for Jose Ramirez and keep Flatty at first base? So I think this one's pretty cut and dry in the way it's been presented by Jesse, but I would have to choose keeping Vlad at first base and signing and trading for Jose Ramirez because, you know, I I think if you look at it on the face of it, you can probably compare the offensive numbers of Freddie Freeman and Jose Ramirez pretty equally. They're pretty similar caliber players in terms of their offensive production. And if you look at the defense-wise, the Blue Jays have a need at third base. Trading for Jose Ramirez would fix that need without having to mess with flipping the positions of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think for me, it's pretty cut and dry. I would choose Jose Ramirez and keeping Vladi at first over moving Vladi to third and signing Freeman. See, I'll be honest, it is not as cut and dry for me, but as I sat and thought about it, well, here's the thing. These two deals are completely different. You're either giving up capital or you're giving up players slash prospects. And the more I think about it, it probably makes more sense to give up players and trade for Jose Ramirez. Now, the thing is, Freddie Freeman, very good player. Yes, you need to move Vladimir Guerrero Jr. if you're going to sign him. But the bigger thing, and we pretty much talked about this after the all the deals right before the lockout happened, is the Blue Jays eventually are going to have all this money catch up to them, and they're going to have to pay other players, which will probably be an issue that they'll have to focus on, or it will eventually. But if you, if you sign all these guys to $30 million per year contracts or around that, you're kind of screwing yourself over in the next couple seasons. But if you're trading for a guy, whether it's top prospects, whether it's taking from your catching depth or any type of situation like that, it's probably better for the Blue Jays and it doesn't move Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who, at this point, I really don't care. I I like him at first base. I don't mind him at third base. I want him at one position and I want him to stay at one position. But whether it be you move him to third and you keep him there or you keep him at first, to me, I'm I'm at that point. It's like it, it's tit for tat. I guess the best way to put it. So, I think it makes sense. 
you trade for Jose Ramirez, keep some of that capital because that 30 million or whatever Freeman's going to command could go to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And yeah, you're going to give up prospects. Yeah, you're going to give up players. But I think we're at the time now where you, you kind of need to not spend a ton of money or else you are going to kind of run out unless Rodgers gives you a huge pay raise. But as of right now, I think it makes more sense to trade. Yep, I'm, bo- I'm with both of you on this one. Uh, trading for Jose Ramirez is the primary option out of those two. And maybe perhaps after the lockout ends, the primary thing the Jays do overall, because we're not really sure what the trade value or the trade market will look like uh, following the the, uh, the lockout and prior to the lockout happening. There wasn't any trade. There wasn't any trades going on. Period. So a lot of people were waiting to see what the results of the new CBA were going to look like after it was done, and that's exactly what they will do in this case. They they will wait until a new CBA is reached before any sort of de- determination is made for any big trades. And of course, you always had the Freddie Freeman thing to rely back on to. Um, at first, we didn't think of it as much, but apparently, uh, when we spoke last week, there was the report that the Jays met with Freeman's camp prior to the CBA expiring. So maybe there's a little bit more to that story than what we think. And we discussed that last week. So I think that's definitely something that we're going to have to keep an eye on at this point where it's gotten to the point that it's something serious rather than something just out of the blue. And that's why with Freddie Freeman, I do think there's now a legitimate chance that this happens. Of course there is based on the the level of interest the Jays are showing, but in terms of moving Vladimir Guerrero Jr. over to third base again, uh, we've already, we discussed this as well. Not all of us are pretty much in favor of that. And that's why I don't know how good of an idea that is in particular. But of course, if signing or sorry, not signing, trading for Jose Ramirez doesn't work out, perhaps the Jays pivot to somebody like Freddie Freeman. Perhaps they go to a Chris Bryant. We discussed all the other names last week as well. So be sure to listen to that episode if you haven't. But there's lots of possibilities that they can go to. But for me, um, trading for someone like Jose Ramirez should be one of the top options. We know that they tried doing it this past year in July. And of course, if that doesn't work out, you have a plan B and a plan C. And of course, Freddie Freeman is going to be one of those top uh, alternative plans as well. So if I had to pick between one of the two, it is trading for Jose Ramirez. For sure. Pretty uh, pretty much all on the same page on that one. Uh, we'll move to another one, which is pretty similar. We got this one from Jack O'Connell. And he said, would you rather sign Freddie Freeman or Chris Bryant? It's got to be... Bryant I mean because here's the thing we just talked about how you don't want to move Guerrero I said I'm somewhat okay with it but the fact that it's probably better to just keep him at first is an indication that you go get a third baseman you don't mess with the team chemistry in terms of the infield and and the positions everyone's playing and you just you have a good third baseman now the money could be a little similar maybe Freeman commands more you know whatever the case is but you're going to still have to spend a good amount of money. And at the end of the day, if you have shortstop, second base, and first base pretty much locked up, I think it makes more sense to go up, go and lock up third base than it does to go lock up first base, but then also move first base to third base and whatever. So yeah, just go with the more simple answer, trade or excuse me, sign Chris Bryant. And then you're, I think you're set for the next little while until these rookie deals expire. Sign Chris Bryant. Uh, I think that um, also goes to the Jays. Pr- the problem, of course, of the holes, there's the, the hole in the quarter infield, which is third base. And that's why also signing Chris Bryant provides utility too uh, throughout the outfield. So it just seems like it's more of a better fit rather than signing Freddie Freeman, who is basically just designated at first base or could, or could be a DH. But also, it goes back to the same point as before that you'd have to move Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And that's one of the biggest factors in this. Now, of course, if you're asking just in general, who would you rather sign? Then I think you could definitely make more of an argument for Freeman, but also to whoever, who, who it was who asked that question, it didn't really, you know, I'm not sure what, if he meant for the Jays or if he meant just in general, but I guess I answered it in both ways there. So if it's just in general, I think that there is an argument to be made to obviously rather have somebody like Freddie Freeman, but from the Blue Jays perspective, the better fit uh, overall is probably going after someone like Chris Bryant, unless they are committed to moving Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to third base. We don't really know too much about that. All of us are kind of assuming that he is stuck at, or he will be staying at first base uh, throughout, or for the pretty much the foreseeable future. And he's, there's something or a position that he's very comfortable with. And we're just unaware of anything else in terms of if they actually are taking that seriously and moving, moving him back to third base, what Guerrero's interest is in that. So there's a lot to be discussed there. And there's a lot that we really don't know about, but I'm assuming that, or if assuming that Guerrero 
wants to stay at first base or the team wants him to stay at first base, Chris Bryant is the guy to go to for a better fit within the organization. Yeah, same thing there and pretty much the exact same rationale that you just said and that we discussed in the Freeman versus Jose Ramirez discussion. Signing someone like Chris Bryant just gives you more defensive versatility. It saves you from the uh, burden of having to move Vlad to a different position. It saves all that drama and it gives you improvements at other positions. Signing Chris Bryant improves your outfield. He can play in left field. He can play in right field. He can shift around the diamond. He's really an all-around utility guy. And yeah, the offensive numbers aren't going to be there, but that's not where the Blue Jays need someone to add to the team. They don't need those offensive additions. What they need is the stability at a position like third base, the stability potentially at a position like second base, of course, with Marcus Simeon leaving the team. And what Chris Bryant doesn't bring in the fact that Freddie Freeman is a left-handed hitter. So, of course, that's a bonus in signing him. You still get Chris Bryant's defensive versatility. And that's I think, outweighs the fact that Freddie Freeman is a left-handed hitter. So, if the Blue Jays can prioritize a left-handed hitter, if they can look on the market and say, we want this guy, he fits our needs, and he's left-handed, it's an added bonus. But I don't think they should change their priorities altogether just because someone is left-handed. If he doesn't fit with the team, he doesn't fit with the team. You got to sign a right-handed hitter. Um, okay, moving more into the kind of the abstract area. We got this one from a guy named Nathan Rogers, and I really like it. Um, would you rather miss the playoffs altogether or get swept in the first round? So would you rather have your hopes crushed from the get-go or get in, have a hope of making it, get into that first round? And then get swept there. What would you guys pick? Oh my gosh! So I'm a, I'm a fan of the other Toronto sports, so I know what having my hopes crushed feels like. I'm gonna say I'd rather get swept in the first round because it's more fun. The way I see it, it's more fun to at least have those hopes of performing well in the playoffs than to not have any hopes whatsoever. And don't get me wrong, I'll be the first one to probably punch a hole through a wall or something like I get I get very mad when when my teams lose but at the same time I'd rather that happen and I'd rather I mean you guys know what happened last year with the Toronto teams I'd rather have that happen than have zero playoffs hopes at all because I think it's it is more fun to at least cheer for a team in the playoffs than it is to watch the playoffs and not have anything to cheer about that's a tough one but I think I think I'm going to agree with Jacob. I think I'd rather get in with the slim, slim hope of perhaps winning whatever it is in terms of a playoff round or just in general having a good playoff run. Um, you know, I, Jacob, I know that you're just more of a Leaf fan in general compared to other sports, so you don't watch the other sports more like I do. So that's why also I would, you know, I'm not used to seeing it for every sports team for losing in the first round. But for a Leaf fan, you can definitely feel the pain. And um, I feel like as much as the Leafs always do lose in the first round, I feel like they would be even more critical if they missed the playoffs. So that's why also I think getting into the playoffs with a slim chance of hope uh, is definitely better than perhaps missing the playoffs, even though if you're getting swept. So that's why uh, I would probably choose that side, but that's a very good question. And um, it's really closer than you think in terms of what I thought for a final decision. I was still kind of thinking near the end of what Jacob said. So but I think Jacob kind of won me over a little bit with his argument. So that's why I got to agree with him on this one. Well, I think it depends also on the expectations for the playoffs. Like, remember la- uh, 2020, I was going to say last year, but it's still 2021. But in 2020, the wildcard series, I, I mean, we predicted a win. Or at least I think all three of us predicted a win in three games. But if we're being realistic, the Tampa Bay Rays are the better team. If that were to happen next year, like say the Blue Jays win the AL East, I think that would be a lot harder to stomach or... Take Texas in 2016. They were Blue Jays were the wild card team, and Texas was first in the American League. And we all know what happened there. And if I was a Rangers fan, I would be livid and justifiably so because you have such high expectations. And it's regardless of the context, though, I still think it's better to get in. Your hopes are going to be a lot more are a lot higher. You're going to be a lot more crushed if you expect to go on deep into October and into November. But I would still rather that than than nothing, really. Well, this is boring. We're all on the same page again. <laughs> We're not disagreeing at all. Yeah, I would rather get into the playoffs and get swept there than not make it at all. Because 
I mean, first off, just from a practical standpoint, I like watching baseball. I like watching Blue Jay games. If we get, you know, who knows how long the first round of the playoffs is going to be next year with expanded playoffs and we have a would you rather about expanded playoffs. Um, who knows how long that first round is going to be. But if we just assume, you know, right now the division series five games, I would rather watch three more games of Blue Jays baseball, even if it means they're going to lose all three of those games and get humiliated than have to stick with 162. And of course, it does depend on what your expectations are for the team. Maybe just getting to the playoffs in the first place is a prize in and of itself. Or maybe, you know, if you miss out on the playoffs, that's a massive disappointment. Like, I think it would be next year for the Blue Jays. If they didn't make the playoffs at all, that would be a massive disappointment in and of itself, as well as if they got swept in the first round. So, I don't know. I think it does depend on your expectations, but... All else being equal, I love baseball, love watching baseball, so I got to pick the option of getting three more games from your favorite team instead of sticking at 162. So, yeah, but this is boring. We're all on the same page. I thought thought there would be some disagreement so far, but I know we're going to get to hopefully some questions that we can disagree on. Um, This is another question that I think is very entertaining. This one didn't have a name on it, but um, the question was, would you rather have a shortened season and I don't think it me. this is a strike-shortened season. I think they meant just, like, 154 games or something. There's been talk about cutting down the number of games in the season. So a shortened season or ads on a jersey, because there's been talks about that. So which would you rather have? Would you rather have, like, soccer-style, or I guess I should say football-style ads on the jerseys? You have product placements everywhere in the game. Or... Shortened season, 154, 148, something like that. I'll tell you what, if it's if it, if the logos are as big as it is in football slash soccer, then uh, absolutely not that option. However, if it's something like the NHL or the NBA where it's just like a little thing on your shirt or the TikTok logo on the, the Maple Leafs helmet, which that's a, a story for another day, but if it's something like that, then honestly, I, I'm fine with that. But if... If basically watching a sporting event is going to feel like I'm just being bombarded with ads, then I'd rather not have that and just basically just not have that at all. That, that to me, that's not fun. And I don't mind ads. Obviously, I understand how these get, these teams make their money, you know, whether it's logos on the outfield wall or obviously commercials when you watch the, the games and whatnot. That, that's totally fine. But if, like, take buying a jersey. I'd, I wouldn't want to buy a jersey if it just has logos everywhere other than that actual team's logo. And so with that being said, I t- t- if it's going to have that many logos or that style of, of advertisements, then absolutely I would pick the other option. 100%. I would sacrifice an ad on a jersey um, over a shortened season. Um, I, I Going back to what you said, Mark, I love watching Blue Jays baseball. The season should be 162. It's been 162 for pretty much ever. And uh, keep it that way. And for an ad on a jersey, you know, it's always easy to judge beforehand. And, of course, a lot of people did that. A lot of people were upset when the NBA first introduced them. And then, of course, followed by the NHL. Uh, they have it on their helmets right now. But, of course, I think everyone's expecting it to eventually move on to a jersey like what's happened with the NBA. And the NBA already has it on a jersey. And when I watch either of those games or any NHL or NBA thing, I don't recognize it or I don't really look for it. I'm, You know, you obviously look more into the game and focus on the actual game rather than the uniforms for an entire three hours. So that's why I feel like if it was an ad on a jersey, it would be something that we can easily get used to, and it would be something that shouldn't, and it, sh- it shouldn't bother people, and I don't think it would as much as you kind of would assume so beforehand, kind of judging it before it actually happens. So the, and to have that over a shortened season, even though it's by a few games, um, it, for me it's it's definitely worth it to have an ad over a shortened season. I just don't think it's going to bother me as much or if anything. And I think that what we've seen so far with the other sports introducing them is it hasn't really received backlash after it's actually been implemented. Not a lot of people complain about it afterward. They complain about it beforehand. And then once games actually start and go and you just don't really focus on it, I don't think it really bothers people. You get used to it very fast. I got to disagree with you, Bryson. I think, um, Oh, I know this goes against what I just said about wanting to watch as many games as possible from your favorite team, but I think there's something about the baseball jersey that is just so pure. It's it's 
always been the same, basically. And obviously, you have new teams and jerseys changing and stuff, but I don't know. And I think of the Yankees and like the Dodgers with the pinstripes, and they are just a legendary part of baseball that, in my mind, you can't change. It like obviously, small parts of it change, and you got you know, the Nike logo going on it in a couple of years ago and instead of the Majestic logo and you have different suppliers and stuff like that. And obviously the names on the back of the jerseys always change. But to me, there's something iconic about baseball jerseys that can't change. And I know a logo on it is going to be small. And, you know, if it was, I don't know, American Airlines or something like that, it's not going to be a huge part of the jersey and it's not going to become an identity of the team. But it's just to me the fact that having that there, um, it it hurts part of the magic of the baseball jersey. I don't know what it is. Maybe I sound like an old boomer baseball fan and I hate to come across as that. But in my mind, I would rather the season shrink to 154 as much as I hate the idea of that than having the pristine baseball jersey that I have in my mind have a logo on it and an ad on that that I don't know. It just... It just doesn't mesh in my mind, and I wouldn't be a fan of it. And I know that's it's a bargaining chip right now in the um, collective bargaining agreement and in the negotiations that are not happening, as we've heard, until January. But um, I know that's something that's being talked about, and I really don't want it to happen. But if it does happen, you know, it's life. It's part of the agreement, and the player is giving it up to the uh, to the owners so that they can make another concession and get something they wanted. Whatever. It's not a huge deal. It's just in my mind, the pristineness of a baseball jersey, I don't really want to let that go right now. So um, we have a couple more prompts that we came up with, and one of them is specifically targeted at Jacob because of his passion about expanded playoffs. So the question is kind of similar to the one we just talked about. Would you rather have the season delayed by a month because of the lockout and negotiations with expanded playoffs or... No delay to the season. It starts on time. Opening day is whenever it's scheduled for March 31st, April 1st, but there's no expanded playoffs. So would you rather a shortened season? We get maybe 130, 120 games, but you get expanded playoffs. You get what you want, Jacob, or no expanded playoffs, but we get a full 162. I think you know my answer, to be honest. Oh my God. Absolutely. (laughs) Playoffs need to be expanded. In in an ideal world, the season is not changed, but you still expand the playoffs. But if this is what the the scenario is, shorten the season, expand the playoffs. Uh, it has to uh, look. It has to happen, in my opinion. And I'm, this isn't even coming from like a a fan of a team that is going to be on the cusp every year. Like if this was, say, this was twenty seventeen or or twenty sixteen, and the Blue Jays were trying to make the playoffs and it was, you know, maybe they had a shot. Then you could say, okay, of course he wants the playoffs expanded because his team's probably not going to make it if unless they are expanded. But the Blue Jays have a very legitimate chance of winning the AL East next year or at least making the playoffs. I just think for the game in general, it makes absolutely zero sense for the midway point of the season or even a month or two into the season for most of the teams to realize, yeah, we're kind of out of the race and... Look what the Blue Jays needed to do. They missed the playoffs by one game last year, or this year really, in 2021. However, that took an improbable finish to the season. Like It took, what was it, like a, a seven-game win streak or an eight-game at the start of September, and they had to play like the best team in baseball, and I think we had an episode titled that. But that does not happen normally. And I'm not saying that mediocre teams should just get a participation medal, but I think if you want to expand the game... You need to make the games meaningful to watch. And step one is have value in them. If you win this game, you are you might be the last of six teams or whatever, eight teams in your league to qualify. But if you win this game, that still matters for you. And no matter what, playoffs need to be expanded. And honestly, at this point, I do love my 162. However, no matter what, I think the playoffs, it just it has to be expanded. So... I think you guys know where I stand on that one. Okay, originally I said it should be delayed delayed by one month with expanded playoffs. But I guess because, Jacob, you are so staunchly <laughs> entrenched in having expanded playoffs, <laughs> I'm going to up the ante to two months, delayed by two months. You don't get baseball until the start of June, but we get expanded playoffs. 
Would you still say expanded playoffs? Would you still take that option? Can we, can we, um, instead of two months delay, we have a one month delay and then it ends a month earlier. Cause like you'd still get what? the same well, amount. Gonna, no, but like change it now. In, instead of starting <laughs> in, like, <laughs> but like, say you start in May and you end in, in, uh, I, I don't mean at the end of, I, I don't mean like a permanent change. I just mean oh. like this season because of the okay. lockout, like negotiations oh, don't end until like the start mm. of June, like the season that just this season, but the playoffs are always expanded. Playoffs are yeah for the next five years for the CBA. Oh yeah, no, that's that doesn't change my opinion at all. Like it's gonna <laughs> wow. like the two the two months are gonna suck. I'm not gonna lie. Like the when the Leafs are eliminated in the first round and the Raptors are are <laughs> golfing, that's not gonna be fun. But I would rather that than or if if that I'd rather that and then have playoffs expanded f- until the next CBA because that like I said, playoffs need to be expanded. This game needs to be expanded. And you cannot prove to somebody that is on the fence of watching baseball to watch it if there's no, really no meaning of watching a game. And if, if you're out of the playoff race come July or August, then there's really no point in watching. So playoffs need to be expanded and I'm willing to, I'm willing to sacrifice two months of no baseball if it means playoffs are expanded. <laughs> okay. Well, um, <laughs> of course... We, I think all of us have su- supported the idea of expanded playoffs, not as much as you, Jacob. But when it comes to delaying the season, like I feel like, no, like I just it goes back. I go back to Mark's point again from now two topics ago or two questions ago. I love watching Blue Jays baseball. Like, and how do you cut into that? Um, even for a month, like that's a long time. Like that's around what is it around fifteen games or no, a little bit more than that. At least fifteen games, maybe around over twenty games to be more precise like that's a long sacrifice and of course we know that it's likely going to come if it but we don't know if it's going to cut into the season we hope not but if you were to give me the option in april for them to start on time and go back like use a traditional playoff format or for them to sacrifice two months of the season to bring in expanded playoffs i don't think i would do it i mean even long like long term you could see the benefits of having expanded playoffs but I just hate the idea of the season being cut. We we saw a massive cut from it in 2020, and I, you know, it, as much as it was fun to for them to play, you look back on it now, and you kind of look back, and you just realize how quick it went, and how much of a, you know, not a fluke, but a little bit of an asterisk all around the game. And that's why I think in baseball you need games as much as possible uh, for that to go away and for everything to be legitimate. And that's exactly what I want. And I don't know if you got specific if the question specified of how much it would expand, but I think that's a different question for later on. So I guess we'll save that topic for later on, but I cannot, I, I don't know what I would do with myself for a month or two months. I, if that's the case, play, go with your traditional format and just hope to God that the Jays can get in. Yeah. I want expanded playoffs. Like, don't get me wrong. I think we're all on the same page. Expanded playoffs are something that should happen. This CBA, I think they will happen. This CBA, there's no reason for it not to happen, I think both sides like want it basically. Like, in, like both sides kind of want it to happen, so it's probably going to happen um, when all is said and done and when the dust settles. But I'm on Bryson's side. He can't, like he said, if you <laughs> cut out two months of the season, you're losing fifty-ish games. Then you're going to be playing a one ten-game season. Like that is just not possible in my mind. To me, the the added bonus of having expanded playoffs and expanding the markets that competitive baseball is being played in and expanding the fan base that you have for all these different teams, the added bonus that that gives to you as a league and as individual teams and in terms of your revenue stream is not worth the cost to the integrity of the game, the fan support to the game, um, just the straight quality of the game that you have on the field that you're going to lose if you're not playing for two months. Um, Even for one month, I'd also choose not having the season delayed instead of having expanded playoffs. Because I just think as soon as you have enough labor strife to the point where you're not playing games, where the fundamental product of your league is put on hold, I think it gets to the point of a dangerous territory where you're threatening the quality of the game. Um, for the sake of labor negotiations. And that's always a bad position to be in. Um, Jacob, what point would it take for you to choose no delay for six expanded playoffs? Like if I said three months expanded playoffs, 
Would you take that? Like we're starting, it's basically the COVID season. We're starting at the start of July and going to September. We got a 90 game season, 80 game season. Do you still choose expanded playoffs over that? I have to say I would raise the white flag at that point because like anything more than two months and then it's like, okay, well this isn't worth it. And I, I know in the future, it would be painful to only see 10 teams or, you know, yeah, 10 teams is currently what it is right now, but I'm not willing to sacrifice more than two months of one season really for that. And two months, like I know I said, oh, that doesn't change my mind at all. It, it's a very intriguing prospect to have the the playoffs expanded in exchange for two months of, of postponed baseball, but anything more than that, I think that's a little too much and, it would, like I said, it would suck. Like, I'm not saying that it would be fun to wait those two months, but knowing that you get expanded playoffs for more than just this season, I think would be worth it. However, anything beyond that is a little too much. And at that point, yeah, maybe in 2023, things start to really settle in. But at in 2022, it would probably at that point not be worth it. Or, or people would look at it a little bit differently if you won your division or you made the wild card and you only won 50 games or something because that's not really what baseball is you're supposed to play a lot longer of a season okay so at least we can all agree on that after two months it's too late crosses the line um okay well we all want expanded playoffs so let's talk about the question of how many teams we want um this is not so much a would you rather but i guess we can phrase it as a would you rather would you rather have 12 teams 14 teams or 16 teams in an explained playoff scenario? And if so, if you could also narrow it down to what kind of format you want it to be. So for me, I want 14 teams to make the playoffs and I want it to be two extra wildcard teams. So in this situation, everything else stays the same. You still got the winners of all the three um, uh, divisions making it into the playoffs, but then you also have four wildcard teams. And I say four because they play a, a two and two kind of mini tournament to decide who the one wildcard team is that moves on. So I've explained this concept in the past, but you have two separate wildcard games happening within the league. And then the winners of those two games play each other. And that determines who the team is that moves on to the ALDS. So I think, you know, we know the entertainment of a wildcard game, a winner takes all game is incredibly fun to watch. There's so much riding on it. Teams manage like it's our final day alive because it is our final day alive. Um, I think you increase that, you multiply it by two, you get more teams in, more teams have a shot of making it to that final title. Um, But at the same time, you don't hurt the advantage of winning the division because there's still a massive advantage to winning a division. And some of these concepts where you have, you know, 16 teams making the playoffs, eight from each league, and then you have the number one team playing the number eight team, and it's three game series, kind of like what we saw in 2020. In my mind, that hurts the incentive to compete because there's no more an incentive to win the division than to be, you know, the eighth team. And if we take the 2020 scenario, for example, the second wildcard spot in a situation where the top two teams in each division make the playoffs, there's no incentive to be the best team in the league or the worst team in the league making the playoffs because you all end up in the same place. But in this scenario, 14 teams, four wildcard spots, there's still that incentive to compete you still get an advantage if you are a better team. But at the same time, you expand the playoffs, all the benefits I mentioned earlier. You get the expanded fan bases involved. You get more competitive games happening down the stretch. There's an incentive to compete in season as well as an advantage you get in the postseason if you're a better team. So that's my ideal scenario. I would prefer 14 teams and four wildcard teams. So, uh... So ideally, (laughs) (laughs) ideally, I would want uh, something like what the NHL does. The thing is, this is a very long-term thing. Give me one sec. It's something that would require a long-term investment. You expand to 32 teams. You have two, or you have two leagues, like the AL and the NL, and like two divisions per team. The top four make it. I'm starting to realize that's not realistic. So I'm pretty much on the same or within the same boat as you are mark where it's you you still have the incentive to win the division you have four wildcard teams however rather than just having two wildcard games i would say 
the first place wild card plays the fourth and then the second plays the third in say a three game wild card series like what it was in 2021 or no 2020 and then the winner of those two plays maybe it's a one, a one game maybe it's a three game but something like that like basically you have two wild card rounds and then the winner of that is your definitive wild card then you just have your five game division seven game championship and then uh, seven game world series as when it comes to the division series part of me wants to also expand that to seven but i feel like if you're gonna have two wild card series that's you're gonna be playing into like mid-november at that point if everything goes a distance so i think the ideal scenario for baseball is you have four wild card teams that play two three game series and then your regular division championship and world series and that's probably the best option i know a lot of people have basically disagreed with me saying 16 teams at that point is a participation medal and i'm willing to listen so hear me out i think 16 teams might be too many even though that's probably more fun for the league 14 with just an expanded wild card is probably the best uh, the best option because really it's still like three games is not that much and you got to win at least you got to win four games you know which is almost what a championship series would be if you were even just to make it to the to the division series yeah, I think 16 is too much for baseball just because of the schedule that we've talked about too in the past, how it's double a, as you referenced, an NHL season. So to me, it kind of takes away the integrity of the actual regular season. So for me, anything close from 12 to 14, 14 max is what I will, or something I would definitely prefer. And of course, 14, if I had to choose, would be the ideal um, selection or the ideal expansion for me. However, I, I like the idea, not what you guys said in terms of the format. I like the idea that was reportedly proposed. I think it was by the MLB um, or before the lockout ended. There was a proposal, and I'll just read it out to you guys. And this is the one that I like. So this is it. The team with the best record in each league would get a buy into the best of five division series. The remaining two division winners would get to pick their wild card opponent from the bottom three wild card teams. The division winner with the second best record would then, or first, then the third seed in the league would pick its opponents from the final two wildcard teams. The wildcard team with the best record would play the wildcard team, which hasn't been picked. And of course, once the matchups are set, the higher seed plays the lower seed. And then um, all three games is hosted by, I think, the higher seed, but in a best of three round. And of course, when you move on, it goes on to the traditional format with the, uh, the DS and the CS. I like it. I like the change. I like the creativity. If you're going to expand the playoffs, make the wild card round creative and make it exciting. I think a lot of people, you know, it's obviously very divided. Probably more in the majority uh, prefer this or the format that Mark and uh, or you and bo- you both actually uh, predicted or kind of proposed. But I do think there's a small proportion of people that actually like this idea, and I am proud to say that I'm one of these people to make it creative. I just go back to the September situation. Uh, with the Jays and when they were kind of in that 14 wildcard race with the Mariners, uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees, there was a situation, it was a few months ago, so I can't remember what it exactly was, but I remember it was, I think, in a tiebreaker situation, the Red Sox would have elected to play the Yankees or something, or it was the other way around. But the point is, one of those two teams avoided the Jays. I love that. I love how the team with the higher seed or the higher kind of place in the standings gets to choose. And um, if it turns out, you know, it doesn't work out. They get to have a lot of hate. They get to have, you know, if it backfires, they get to get criticized. Or on the other hand, you can look like an absolute genius and choose the right pick and you can be creative with it. And then after you get through that stage, you get to play the regular traditional DSCS format. And then of course, advance to the World Series. But I'm on the same page with both of you in terms of the teams, expand it to 14 teams. See, I think that's, I agree with you that it's entertaining to have you pick your opponent. I think there's a lot of entertainment value to that. And I think you can do it in the system that I proposed. If you have the four wildcard teams, the one and two, or I guess the number one berth chooses who they want to face. So the number, if you're the first seed and what four wildcard spots, you can choose any of the following three teams that you want to face. And then of course the two team and the, the other teams just face each other at whoever is the top seed, whoever's home. Um, that is and and you can make it work that way but to me in in the situation where you're setting up um, buy rounds and all this kind of stuff to me that gets too complicated and I say this as a baseball fan I know the playoff systems of the NHL and the NBA and a lot of other leagues are more complicated than baseball system is 
And I understand that. And I still understand that fans can grow to understand what the system is and um, learn what it, its setup is and the advantages and disadvantages of it for different teams. But for me, I just like a simple system. And I think as soon as you start talking about buys, as soon as you start talking about choosing your opponents, I think it gets a little bit too complicated for my small mind. So that's why I disagree with that. Again, I think it's entertaining. I wouldn't mind it if we actually went to that. Um, I just do. I, I think it is a bit too complicated, but I agree that 14 teams is where it should be capped. I'm fine with 12 teams as well. If you want to have a wildcard system where there's three wildcard teams and the number two and three seed play each other. And then the winner that faces the one seed um, or the vice versa, the one and two seed play. And then the loser that plays a third seed and you just have to win one game to get in whatever. I'm fine with a system like that as well. I just think it gets too complicated as soon as you start talking about all that kind of stuff. Well, considering that I still have absolutely zero clue how that format is going to work might be an indicator (laughs) that it's a little complicated. Um, And like you like you alluded to we can easily grow to it and i'm sure we get a if we see a graphic of the bracket then it would make a little bit more sense but to me part of me doesn't like the idea of choosing your opponent now it can definitely work work like if you're i mean if you were the dodgers obviously you're not going to pick the giants until maybe the the cs or you can't pick in the cs but you know what i mean like you wouldn't pick them or something like that but part of me kind of prefers just letting the standings work there basically play play themselves out if you win a game you better hope your opponent wins a game or or loses a game so that that other team that you need to move down in the playoffs moves down in the standings or something like that like part of me just enjoys the semi-randomness of the the schedule and i'm not opposed to it like if it were to happen obviously i can't change it but i would grow to it to some extent but part of me just really prefers the standings not being chosen after the playoffs or, or before the playoffs. Cause also at the end of the day, to some extent that might lower the incentive to, to uh, get the first seed. Like if you're obviously the first seed and you got to buy, or if you're the team that gets to choose, then that benefits you. But say you're that team that doesn't have the opportunity to choose. And you know that you're not going to choose, like say it's what it was last year, in 2021 or this year in 2021 and you're that last team that's clearly a couple games below everyone else to me the there's really no incentive to win other than just to hope that you don't get chosen or something like that and i don't know maybe it could work but to me i just i would prefer if the standings were set and you just play you win as many games as you can and then the matchups are set after whatever it is 162 150 whatever it is and then you just you hope that you can win as many games as you can and win that world series yeah basically it's just that top team a buy okay and then since there's two other divisions within the al or nl they they have a there's three wildcard teams also so then those two guys so let's say first the second seed so the second best record gets to choose first then the third best gets to choose next and then that's how you determine it and then the higher seed and then that, that's pretty much how it goes. It's kind of like a first dibs thing um, between the second best, the third best. And of course, and all this at the end, the first seed gets the buy. And uh, just, yeah, as Mark, you were talking about the, you know, how it's complicated. The NFL is similar with how the first seed gets a buy, even though they don't choose their opponents. But yes, that, that first round buy is something that definitely exists, but I'm just uh, being creative. And I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And that was, I don't think it'll eventually get approved by the players, but I do think it's something that the league wants to happen. And of course, they're the ones that are more are driving this more for the expanded playoffs, which will be addressed within the next few months. But at the end of the day, I think something expanding it in general is something that needs to happen as much as it pains me to say it. Cause I hear Jacob say it every week, <laughs> but it's okay. And um, 12 to 14 is something that we can all uh, deal with. Okay. One quick question that I have, um, very simple. Would you rather have a universal DH or no universal DH? Um, it should only take a minute. I think, yeah, at this point, get rid of the pitchers hitting. Like, I mean, what, their career at best, 100 hitters. And, you know, especially if you're an American League team going into the National League, yeah, that changes your strategy. But, I mean, it's fun to see Ryu finally get back to hitting. But is it is it something we need to see? Like I'd rather him throw six innings or seven innings than go over two. So 
I think it makes more sense to just have a universal DH, keep the rules the same, and it was fun while it lasted, but I'm I gotta say twenty twenty was probably the better option to to just have a universal DH. Mark, I remember during the stoppage in twenty twenty this was a discussion that we had and I remember what I remember what your opinion was, but I don't want to jump to conclusions because I think there was a chance that it changed, but I'll let you answer that in a sec. For me, I agree with Jacob. Universal DH, I think it's time. I think, unfortunately, as much as pitchers may like to hit certain pitchers, there's also that high risk of injury, and we've seen pitchers get injured swinging a bat. And, of course, American League pitchers who have to play in interleague play, a lot of them don't even bother swinging because of the fear of injury. I think it's come to the point now, Universal DH is a better fit even for the National League, and I think it worked out really well for the National League teams in 2020. Maybe that's something that they also enjoyed. So, I'm sure that's another staple for the next CBA, unless any last-minute changes. But for me, a universal, a universal DH is something that I think it's time to implement uh, league-wide. Yeah, I like the pitcher hitting. I think it's just funny to watch, to be quite yes. honest. Yes. It's an entertaining quirk that, I mean, you look across professional sports, baseball is the only sport to have different rules in different leagues. Like... How bizarre is that? And I kind of just like that. Baseball's weird and it's an old quirky sport that's fun to watch. And that's part of what I like about the sport. But at the same time, it's also really stupid that you have different (laughs) rules and you have pitchers who are not paid to hit and are horrible hitters and are going up and threatening getting injured by swinging the bat or even just bunting and potentially getting their hand hit or breaking their wrists or whatever like yeah, it's time to be over with. It's time to just move on to a universal DH. And I do like the strategy of it as well, of having a pitcher hit and a pitcher in the starting nine. And then you have to, you know, put in a reliever early and you have to consider when this guy's coming up and you go with the double switch and all that kind of stuff. I enjoy that part of the game as well. And I think, um, you know, there's been talk about a lot of rule changes um, with, you know, um, I think, what was it? If you pull your... Um, starting pitcher, you have to pull your DH as well, I think was one proposed um, uh, rule change. So I, I think there are ways to get towards that strategy while also not having pitchers hit. So I think it's time for universal DH to be a, a thing of the present and for pitchers hitting to be a thing of the past finally. So um, do you guys have any would you rathers you got or should we just wrap it up? I think quickly this... I got this question and I, I was kind of thinking about it. Essentially, it's taking two things that the Blue Jays could use, but maybe don't need to use. And it's essentially someone asked me and I thought about it. Would I rather the Blue Jays sign Freddie Freeman or another legitimate starting pitcher? Maybe this is an easy answer. I mean, you can you can say neither because, I mean, really, they might not need to do any of that. But I'd pick Freddie Freeman over a legitimate starting pitcher because A, the rotation's filled. Well, I think it's filled for this year. In a couple years, there's going to be some openings. But I would rather improve the offense. Maybe the offense doesn't need the improvements, but I would rather do that than go out and sign a starting pitcher because obviously starting pitchers are great things to have and Nate Pearson is a bit of a wild card, but I I just don't see them needing to do that at all. So I would have to pick Freddie Freeman. For me, I mean, I think, first of all, in terms of Freddie Freeman's caliber or a starting pitcher, I think you want, obviously you want both. And I think that's what the Jays will do, even if it's not Freddie Freeman or not, but Freddie Freeman or a starting pitcher. I mean, I feel like because we've said this, or at least me in particular for the past couple of weeks have been as much as we love Freddie Freeman have been not as for it. Um, assuming that the Jays don't sign Freeman and sign somebody else for an infielder. I'm going to kind of assume that I would definitely rather a pitcher then. Just because of everything I've said the past two weeks, I can't switch sides now, um, or else it would look, um, it would definitely, it just wouldn't look good on me for my answer. So that's why I think because of everything I've said, and if they don't sign Freeman, then I'm assuming they're going to sign somebody else. And if they, that's just what I'm assuming. And if that's the case, then I'd rather them sign somebody for the back end of the rotation, because we know that they are, once the lockout ends, they are going to be addressing that as well, or at least they hope to address that. They're not just going to roll with that rotation for sure. There's obviously a chance. Look what happened last year. We all assumed that they were going to get a starter. They never did. They ended the season without one of them, and that was 
probably one of the weaknesses of the team until they got someone like Jose Barrios. But I will assume that they will address the starting rotation once the lockout ends. And I think that will be something more likely than Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Bryson. And I won't repeat what you just said because we've said it all podcast long. And apparently everyone's obsessed with Freddie Freeman, rightfully so, because it's a very entertaining thing to think about and we've all talked about how much we love him and how cool it would be but also how it doesn't quite make sense so i'm right there with you bryson um okay so we'll wrap this podcast up there somehow we eked out 40 45 minutes with nothing to talk about and i pray that everyone's staying safe in the crazy world we're living in as well as entertained with very little baseball content to go off of. So, um, as always, you can support our podcast by going to patreon.com slash section138pod. Um, you can watch our episodes on YouTube if you listen to them. If you watch them on YouTube, you can listen to them wherever you find podcasts. And normally every week I tell you to go listen or go rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, which is true. But we learned today that Spotify is actually rolling out their own rating and review system. Um, which they hadn't had before, but they're doing now, and they're doing it over the next couple of days. So I'd encourage everyone, as soon as you get that new update on Spotify, to go give us a rating and review on Spotify as well, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing and helps new people find our podcast, and it's greatly appreciated. So this is our last episode, barring any emergency podcast, which is very unlikely at this point, um, but barring any emergencies, it's our last episode before Christmas and before the holidays fully commence for a lot of people. So if you celebrate Christmas, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, enjoy the holidays, enjoy the time with family, and I hope everyone can stay safe, but we'll catch you next week. Malikalikimaka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway here we know that christmas will be green and bright the sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Malikalikimaka is a wise way to say merry christmas a very merry christmas a very very merry merry christmas to you